We're a unique podcast for families of faith. Produced by parents and pastors who understand and appreciate how hard it is to maintain your faith in a hostile culture. We're here to encourage and support you in the most vital role of all, parenting. If you're feeling overwhelmed and afraid, it's okay. You're not alone. Brilliantly Brave is hosted by two honest and engaging dads with nine kids between them. A road tripper, author, and pastor, Father Brad Mathias, and iShine founder, solo parenting expert, and all-around foodie, Mr. Robert Beeson. Join us each week as we explore and engage with some of the most intriguing, inspiring, outrageous, and awesome parents in the world. This is Brilliantly Brave. Hi, and welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. I am your host, Pastor Brad Mathias, and I have a sidekick. His name is Robert Beeson. He always diminishes me like that. Sidekick. Sidekick. Robert is a sidekick, but it's like two Batmans, not Robin. Okay. Thank you, Brad. <laughs> I, this is gonna, I'm nice so recovery. excited about this interview today. I, I think this is going to be great. I could tell already, like in the pre-show, as we were getting ready to record, that there's a lot of energy in the room. There is a lot of energy in the room. Now, I'm on cold medicine. I don't know what your excuse is. Uh, caffeine. All right. I took uh, Advil cold and sinus twice since 6 a.m., and, uh, you know, I can speak and breathe through my nose, so it was worth it. Well, that's good. I yeah. haven't slept for four days. Wow. So I'm just up on caffeine. So what you have are <laughs> just two. Kidding. <laughs> so for our poor audience, uh, Brad and Robert are, are at their best is mm. what that means. We are pretty excited today because we have an energetic and exciting new ministry and uh, author and sort of trailblazer hmm. in the area of men and uh, men's ministry. And so uh, I'm really excited to introduce this gentleman to you, our audience. You know, we get a lot of ladies uh, that listen and yeah. we get a lot of moms. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's very rare to come across a ministry that's totally focused on specifically adolescent young men and their dads. Yeah, I agree. And so uh, one of the things about the Twin Gospel Alliance that we're a part of and, and what Brilliantly Brave Parenting is really connected to is this idea of highlighting and, and illustrating different ministries that are emerging. All the different facets of it. Yeah. Yeah, and so this is a this is kind of a new thing, and we really want to put some in, emphasis behind it. And so, without any further ado, I want to introduce to you Kent Evans, who is the founder of Manhood Journey. Kent, welcome to Franklin, Tennessee. Thanks for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Awesome. We're delighted to have you. Yeah, and so you've been doing some of the radio circuit. You've been around. Uh, you've got a, a book that came out, uh, Wise Guys, with uh, Sitting on a Hill, which is a great great ministry you're in the louisville area so tell tell our audience just a little bit about yourself and where you are on that parenting journey well i'm still stumbling through it right i have uh i have five boys they are 17 14 12 5 and just under two years old wow the older three boys are by birth the uh, younger two are both by adoption through uh from ethiopia just about six weeks ago we just got back from uh ethiopia for our second adoption so i'm a i have a blended family if you will uh and i have an amazing godly faithful diligent persevering wife of about 21 plus years wow that's fantastic that makes you an expert almost (laughs) immediately on on raising boys right well we have five of them so i think by the fifth one we may get it half right you have some my apologies to my oldest (laughs) right (laughs) exactly yeah Yeah, i feel that well you know obviously 
uh, somewhere in your past, there was a catalyst. There was some uh, change that occurred that led you into founding a ministry. Not everybody does that. What? Mm. Tell us about that. How'd that happen? Yeah, the quick bio on me is when I was a teenager, my parents went through a divorce. And when I was about 17 or 18, and it was traumatic and frustrating, and I was angry, and I went to a counselor, and I was bitter and frustrated, and I vented a lot. And the counselor finally said to me, Kent, you know, I, I kind of have you figured out. And I said, okay, well, tell me what you, what you see. And he goes, you don't want to end up where your parents are when mm. you grow up. And I said something probably like, you know, darn straight, you got it. And I was angry. And he goes, well, I have some uh, input for you. He goes, I've found psychologically your brain can't process that directive. In other words, you can't become the unsomething, he told me. Huh. And I thought, man, that's an interesting way to put it. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, you can't focus on what you're not going to be one day and then not be that. It's like trying to say, I'm not going to be an astronaut. Well, then what will you be? And so he hmm. said, you've got to find other men in your life who have something that you want. They're good at golf. They're good at managing money. they got a great marriage. Whatever they have, and you've got to start to piece together a picture of who you do want to be when you grow up instead of running from the pain of your childhood and uh, adolescence. And that was formative because what it sent me on a path doing was learning from other guys. Hmm. Wow. That is a fantastic way to look at things. I'd never heard it put that way. Like I was really rescued by that counselor. That's a, that's a great way of putting it. Because a lot of people say, well, I know I don't want to do this. I know, And so it's the anti-message. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not going to be that. Um, and you can get really hung up on that. And a lot of parents are carrying that around, right? I've, there's probably folks listening right now who said, I'm not going to be my mom. Right. I'm not going to be my dad. Well, <laughs> then what okay. Are you be? Then what will you be? And, and it was a, a blessing, right? I wasn't a believer at the time. I didn't have a relationship with Christ. Turns out this guy's a believer. We connected 20 years later. And, uh, you know, he's a Christ follower and was uh, instrumental albeit uh, not directly, in me finding a relationship with Jesus several years later. Wow, that is super insightful. Uh, as I'm as I'm listening to you, I'm a you know I'm a pastor, and so I I deal with the parents who are parenting out of that attitude. I will not do what my mom did to me. You know that whole sort of avoidance. But you know it, it it's really significant that there is a need to replace the empty spot with something substantive. Is that what led to manhood journey being formed? It's a huge chunk, man, because when you look at it, I think if I walked out here in uh, you know downtown Franklin and I stopped 10 guys who are dads, and I said, hey, you got any kids? And the guy said, sure. And I said, hey, uh, what will you tell your son about what it is to be a man? Like, what's the difference between him being a boy and a man? I'll bet you out of 10 of them, I get nine blank stares. <laughs> and it's not because I've figured it out and I go out and find 10, you know, clueless goofballs. It's because I think we've allowed that idea to kind of permeate our parenting where uh, we can parent against what we're not going to be. You know, they're not going to be hooked on drugs. They're not going to be on the Internet after 11. They're not going to have a girlfriend when they're 14 or whatever. We're not going to let them do. But man, what are they going to do? How that do we cast the vision for them that is, hey, man, when you're 20, when you're 25, when you're 30, I had a guy say it this way. He said, you're not parenting boys. You're parenting future men. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. That's a great distinction because we really get stuck. And I'm going to include myself in that, in that bucket of, of parents that are like, well, I'm not going to do it this way. I'm going to keep them away from this. I'm going to do It's the unparent. And, <laughs> you know, and that's, you get stuck there. Because oh, that's, that's true. It, yeah. What your counselor said is so wise because what you are focusing on, the un whatever, that's right. is unattainable. You, you'll never get there. You'll never be able to be an un. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, you might, Brad, but um, <laughs> you know my point. That's well, I've yeah, never and, looked at it like. And that. pop culture sort of steps into that vacuum. Yeah, you know, absolutely. so like, you know, you've got a celebrity sort of raising your son. You know, it's, right? You know, my generation it was John Wayne. Like mm. you know, like <laughs> I was going to be the yeah. Duke. You know, like or the Marlboro Man. Yeah, you know, whatever it was that that pop culture was telling me that a man looked and acted like. Uh, today you can you can imagine the confusion that's hitting uh, our, our adolescent boys. Yeah, and they just don't know what to think about manhood. Yeah, so it definitely shaped our our. Um, I have a lot of guys around me, so I don't want to take too much credit for manhood journey at all. Uh, and quite frankly, God's moved in ways that are indescribable uh, in opening doors for that ministry. So I can say I was part of it beginning, but I'm not like the brainchild behind it. But it has definitely shaped where we've said, guys, we got to find a way to help dads cast a vision for their children that is what they will be when they grow up. And I'll tell you, it was brought to life for me a few months ago. My oldest son is 17, and he asked me a question that was frightening. <laughs> and the question hmm. was, he goes, Dad, what do you think I've got to do as a young man? This is no lie. He asked us 17, between now and when I'm ready to be a husband. What's the difference between me now and me ready to ask a girl to marry me? Wow. <laughs> uh. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I do not at all pretend that I had a very good answer to that question. But I will tell you, I was delighted that he asked it because right. it's, it's the right question. And I was delighted that he asked me. Right. Now, we had a conversation. I fumbled through it. I didn't have a great answer. I know the listeners right now might be going, oh, great. What's the answer? And I'm like, oh, I don't know that I had a good answer. But, but I just one know of the most important components of what you just said is that he came to you. And that's because it's a trusted relationship. And so if, we, if we're not establishing that to begin with, a trusted relationship where that question can be asked, I mean, that has to be the starting point, right? Is to, to create the relationship in our homes where our kids are actually, they feel like they can come to us for direction yeah. instead of just assuming they have to get it somewhere else. Well, and I'm, and I'm fairly honest with my boys when I tell them, I told Alex, I was like, hey man, that's a great question. And I have a few things that I think are part of that equation, but I don't think I have that totally figured out. And I'm 46 and I've been married 21 years and I like my marriage. Mm. You know, like I, I, I have a great wife and I, I'm, but I still didn't have a perfect answer. And I think that kind of um, willingness to be transparent with him increases my credibility with him rather than decreases it right yeah i would agree with that for sure you know i'm i'm looking your uh your ministry sent us this really cool package on manhood journey the father's starter kit um it's put out by city on a hill and uh, it, it, the text on the back of this is amazing. It just says, Manhood Journey is a program for fathers and their sons. It's non-denominational, Bible-based approach to building young men through discipleship and mentoring. And, you know, there's just so few of these resources out there mm. for parents or pastors that are looking to invest in the development of young men. Tell us for, for the parent that's out there that's listening, a mother, a father, maybe even a single mom, mm. um, how, how do they get a hold of a resource like this and what would they do with it? Yeah, I'll, I'll give kind of the, the bullseye and then we can work outward if, if you choose. But the bullseye is a dad who is has children who are, say, eight years old and, to, and they're still in the home, but they're, they're old enough to talk and think and reason. Um, maybe the dad's 40 and hasn't gotten there yet like me, but, uh, <laughs> the idea is an eight or 10 or 14 year old boy would be in, in a, in a group 
with his dad and six or seven other dads or five dads and about five or six or seven other boys. And we create biblical dialogue. Like our, our mission is to throw scriptures at fathers and sons and make them talk about them. Hmm. So a real simple example would be, you'll find in our content, Jeremiah 29, 11. You know, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope in the future. And then we'll ask the dads in the room, hey, you're, you're 42, you're 44. What was the plan you thought God had for you when you were 14? Hmm. And we make the dad answer that question. And then we turn it to the boys and say, hey, Johnny, you're 12. What do you want to be when you grow up? What plan do you think God has for you? And then we talk about, do you think God has a plan for you? Do you think God wants you to, is it a good plan, a bad plan? And that's it. We're just trying to create biblical conversations between fathers and sons. And the undercurrent, right? The undercurrent is that's the job of the dad. That is the job of the dad. And Brad, you know, I know you're a pastor and you, you probably have a lot of really good engaged dads and moms in your uh, experience. You probably also have some kids who come from homes that are quote unquote Christian homes where the dads are on the sidelines. And the dad thinks it's your job to teach his kid about Jesus or the Old Testament or sanctification. It's not Brad's job. It's the dad's job. Yeah. And so when dads embrace that, Things go really well. So we're a small group or one-on-one ministry aimed at helping dads get into that biblical conversation with their sons. What do you think the reason is, um, and you probably have research to this, but um, what do you think the reason is in our culture that dads don't do this as actively? Well, I think we're on the tail end of what I I hope we're on the tail end of a, a shift in our sort of church culture where we've we've allowed the church to do a lot of that you know like we've got guys who are i got good friends in youth ministry who are having to do so much stuff that parents aren't doing and i think we're getting to the tail end of that i think we're realizing that's not the church's job Mm -hmm. that is not the you know the passion conference's job that's not you know the twin gospel alliance's job to raise my kids that's not your job your job is to provide me as a resource as a dad to help me grow and provide context for me to do my job as a dad. And so I think we're on the tail end of that. I think the church has taken over a lot of that because dads have abdicated. But I think the main reason, man, is just fear, yeah. spiritual warfare, pride, ego. Uh, we just want ha- to have someone else do it. Right. And I think maybe um, we don't feel like the experts. And so we think people in church are the experts. Brad is the expert because he's a pastor of a church. And we had someone else say something on this podcast a couple of days ago where it's, he said, it's not about being the parenting expert. It's about being the expert parent for your, uh, parenting your child. Be the expert on your child instead mm, of I love a that. parenting expert. And no one is equipped to raise our kids the way we are. And that's by design. Obviously, God put us in their lives by design because it's what they needed. But so often we go looking for the expert to try to fix what we perceive to be a problem or yeah and guys i gotta say uh, i i have you know raised three kids they're they're all in college or older the whole idea of engaging with my son spiritually is intimidating yeah uh you know to yeah. talk with my daughters about faith is a lot easier for some reason and that's why i was asking uh, why do you think that is because i have the same i have three stepsons at home um, I can talk all day long to my girls about right. spiritual things or about things that are just a little bit, you know, outside of the um, the tangible, like, you know, where are we eating? Um, I can go all day long. But when it comes to the boys, it's just, it's, yeah, it's intimidating. What I like about what you're doing with Manhood Journey is you're creating an environment where there's a group of dads and sons together. Because if you just corner your kid, you know, at breakfast, <laughs> you, you know, yeah. <laughs> so, son, tell me. What is God showing you lately? 
you know, that's just you'll freak them out. Yeah, it I mean, there's a me out when you do that. You know, well, <laughs> as it should. Yeah, you know, it's sort of intense. It's uh, it's over the top, and it's not realistic. But the idea of engaging your son with other men uh, who are just as uncomfortable as you, there's sort of like courage in numbers, yeah. I guess. Absolutely. I mean, I, I look at it like when I'm home alone, if my wife was traveling back in the day when she did more of that, um, I, and there's a, a bump in the night, I'm way more scared to go look at it than when everybody else is home. Mm-hmm. If everybody else is home and I got to go be the defender of my family, all of a sudden I'm walking into the dark. And there's just something about having a group of people that you're either responsible for or responsible with that I think gives you strength and courage. Mm-hmm. Well, I really like it. I've been looking at some of the resources in your kit, uh, and, and it it looks like something even I could do. You know, I mean, it's written out. It's very straightforward. It says, say this, read this. Here's, you know, here, here's a question to ask. Um, it, it is designed for the lowest common denominator. Well, and I Me. would even argue it's yeah. designed by. The yeah. lo- <laughs> <laughs> I know all the guys. We did this, right? And it's designed by the lowest common denominators. And I mean that sincerely. We know we're not parenting experts uh, in some kind of clinical uh, fashion. We are engaged dads. You know, and I think that's the, um, you know, to use a, a worldly term, that's the magic. That's That's where good things happen is when dad gets engaged. And, and even in the flaws, man, I screwed up all the time. I had the other night, if I can tell a very brief story, the other night I was yelling at one of my boys, Jonathan, this all settled down. And a few minutes later, my oldest son, Alex said, dad, why did you yell at Jonathan? Hmm. And I said, because Jonathan did X, Y, or Z. Now this was like moment stopped, right? Time stopped. I could see water dripping down the glass. The clock was ticking. (laughs) And my son, Alex goes, no, dad, you yelled at Jonathan because you chose to. And you know what? I was so happy. I was, I'm not kidding. I was elated that he said that because I've said that a thousand times. Mm. When Jeremy hits Jonathan and Jonathan hits Jeremy and Jonathan wants to tell me he hit Jeremy because Jeremy, no, no, we have two separate sin issues. Jeremy sinned and then Jonathan sinned. Did Jeremy's sin cause Jonathan's sin? No, it didn't. Jonathan, you chose to sin because you chose to sin. And I've said that a hundred times to my boys. Dad yelled at you because he's a jerk. Dad yelled at you because he sinned. Mm-hmm. I didn't yell at you because you poured water on your your brother and I told you not to. I yelled at you because I chose to. And when they used my words against me, I was like <laughs> both like curled up in the corner ashamed and I was also like fist pumping because I was like, yeah, he gets it. He's yeah. exactly right, man. Yeah. And so there you just modeled grace. Well, I mean, I modeled yeah. transparency because you know yeah. what? We can teach through our flaws. That's absolutely yeah. right. And we have to. <laughs> else we have no more material well and i think that, <laughs> that and it's i mean i think that's the way real relationships are built is through transparency and full you know like we are all in process and i know some of the the most important moments that i've had in any relationship be it my wife my kids are when you have you accept the responsibility for what our shortcomings are and you have to ask for grace and you have to recognize that you know i mean it's 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 something that brings people together yeah. I'd love to encourage a listener, if they're mm-hmm. listening right now, man, when you blow it, just admit that you blew it. And and then that's a gospel moment, man. That's when you can say, you know what? Your dad is flawed and he screws up and he is angry and he will be bitter and hateful, but God is not that way. Mm-hmm. And use that as a moment to say, look, don't grow up and try to be me. You grow up and follow Jesus. You grow up and follow God. Don't just follow my example. That's great. 
Yeah, and I, I want to commend you for that. I think there's a there's an entire generation of men who've kind of been beaten up by culture. Um, <laughs> you know, if you look at sitcoms yeah. today, if you look at sort of the, the imaging and the stereotypes that are in our popular media, you know, the, the dad's always kind of the goof, you know? He's, he's the, the dummy. Mm. He, he's, the, he's the one who gets it wrong, and he's the one who's sort of tripping over himself. And so men already struggle with, being diminished. Yeah, That's right. it's it's well, and yeah. and Satan wants to own the definition of fatherhood, because hmm. if he can own it, he's not just screwing up fathers; he screws up the whole world's view of what God is like. Because think about it: what's God's primary identity? Father. He's a father. Yeah. And so, if Satan can own the definition of father as a goofball who hates people, who's a womanizer, if he can own that definition of a of a grown man, then he's redefined God. Hmm. That's a deep thought. That. That's, That's actually really a really, really deep thought. Well, I know that there are uh, there are some moms out there and there are some dads out there who are, it's been on their heart. They've been thinking about it already. I need to do something for my sons or I need to do something for the young men in my church. How would they get a hold of you? How would they get a kit like Manhood Journey has? And how could they start something like that yeah. in their own backyard? Hopefully we've made it simple on our website. Just go to manhoodjourney.org, manhoodjourney.org, and you're going to find resources. You'll find version Bible app reading plans. You'll find mm-hmm. Father Starter Kits. You'll find uh, study guides and blog posts, and you can sign up and subscribe. If you go to that website, hopefully we've made it easy for you to find all those resources. That's awesome. I I personally want to thank you for coming, Kent. Uh, he's an amazing guy and uh, full of the love of Christ and, and just full of authentic faith. And so we heartily endorse him. We endorse the Manhood Journey Ministry and all that they're doing and are going to do for the kingdom of God. And we really encourage you, if you have a young man and you're looking for some answers and how to raise him into a godly adult, to check out Manhood Journey. So thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week. God bless you from Franklin, Tennessee. Thanks, Ken. Thank you, guys. Parents, remember, even if you may not feel brilliant or brave, you are. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. 2 Timothy 1, 7 and 13. This podcast is a service of iShine Ministries and the Tween Gospel Alliance, all rights reserved. Donations to Brilliantly Brave are tax deductible at iShineLive.com. Review and subscribe to this podcast on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, or on our webpage. And read our blog and connect with us at WordPress at BrilliantlyBrave.com. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Brilliantly Brave. Hi, it's Pastor Brett with Brilliantly Brave Parenting, and I am letting you know about a really awesome podcast. If you are a solo parent or you know someone who's solo parenting right now, have I got a podcast for you. Uh, Dear friend, co-host of our show, and my partner in crime, Robert Beeson has started something really spectacular. Robert's here in the studio. Tell us about it. Yeah, thanks, Brad. So Solo Parent Society podcast is talking to solo parents out there that are doing it alone. We uh, talk to other solo parents that are out there, talk about their struggles and insights that they've come across, as well as experts in the fields that solo parents deal with the most. I was a single parent for eight years, raising three girls. My co-host was a solo parent 
parent raising a boy and a girl also for I think about seven years. So together we talk about these different topics and we have great guests, either solo parents, like I said, or experts in the field. So it's it's new, it's authentic, it's real, it's raw, and it's and it's super fun. Solo Parent Society Podcast. Brilliantly Brave is supporting and encouraging and endorsing what this is. And if you want to check it out, it's available what? On iTunes? Yeah, everywhere that Brilliantly Brave is. Awesome. Thanks. 